0: make the switch today and if you do it today you save an additional 50 percent off your first month they use the same 5g network same cell towers as the big carriers and most families saving close to a thousand dollars a month just go to puretalk.com slash sean that's sean s-e-a-n make the switch today so you can actually afford that burger and fries hey what if your home's title which is the legal document that proves you own your home is in some criminal's name Well, that's called home title theft and criminals all over the world can find your home's title online and then they'll forge your signature. They'll take out loans against your home or even worse, sell your home. Now, how do you know some criminals not taking over the title to your home? You can find out with sign up at HomeTitleLock.com and use the promo code Sean, S-E-A-N. Let not your heart be troubled. You are listening to the Sean Hannity Radio Show Podcast. Hey, like most of you, I had not have had trouble sleeping, but I sleep better than ever. And you know what? It's all because of a pillow. Mike Lindell's My Pillow has changed my life for the better, and it works. What makes My Pillow so different is their patented adjustable fill. Now you can adjust the patented fill to your exact individual comfort need and get the support you absolutely must have. And that means you fall asleep faster, you stay asleep longer. It just works. Now millions of people have already discovered that my pillow works for them, and now it's time for you to experience my pillow for yourself. Just go to mypillow.com, use the promo code Sean, and when you do, Mike Lindell will give you his best offer ever: buy one my pillow, get another one absolutely free. Now, MyPillow's made in the USA, has a 10-year warranty, and a 60-day unconditional money-back guarantee, so you have nothing to lose. So get started and get the sleep you crave and deserve. MyPillow.com, promo code Hannity, and get Mike Lindell's special two-for-one offer. That's MyPillow.com, promo code Sean. All right, happy Friday. What a news day. Every single day, we're working up to the last second to try and put the final pieces together of the show. Same on TV. Uh, let me tell you what happened last night before we get into anything too serious here. Because last night, uh, maybe it was about 10 to 9, you know, to airtime. And then the New York Times, I, I saw it early and I start working the phones. All right. Is it true? Uh, because the New York Times, is, as usual, cites anonymous sources. I'll give you all the examples tonight of the Times, the New York Times and Washington Post. All the other sources have, have been wrong. They're acting like it's the biggest bombshell that Donald Trump had thought that had had a meeting and attorneys were there. And that, in fact, he was giving the conflicts of interest that Robert Mueller has had in thinking of firing him. The report said that Don McGahn, one of the attorneys, threatened to quit if he fired Mueller. Wouldn't have been a good idea. Now, he never fired Robert Mueller. He was looking with his attorneys at whether or not there are conflicts of interest. what And by the way, there are serious conflicts of interest, like he had worked for him, something to do with a golf club issue that they had had, and Mueller resigned from the golf club. You know, just is that a conflict of interest? In other words, does he have a prejudgment? Did he prejudge the case? Well, then you look at, you know, how corrupt the entire team Mueller has put together, and you can kind of see he's got an ax to grind. Anyway, so... It's it, it just is fascinating to watch all of how the media sheep. And I've been describing this to all of you in great detail. And that is that how they work, how they the, the echo chamber that they have created amongst themselves. And and then anyway, so I said, I can confirm it. I called my sources at the White House. I called an attorney for the president. Ty Cobb said he wasn't going to comment, one of the president's attorneys. And uh, I am not going to ever, ever, ever use the New York Times as my source. I just refuse. Now, I am never also going to be led astray by the means mainstream media. That, that was their story. This is it. We got them. You've had a year's worth of this is it. We've got them. Hysteria about Trump Russia collusion. Breathless reporting day after day after day after day after day. I can play you a montage. I'll play it later in the program. I won't play it now. Of every single Democrat, and there's a lot of them that have all said the same thing no evidence of Trump Russia collusion. You know, let's see, Comey said it, Clapper said it, even Maxine Waters said it, impeach 45 and, uh, you know, reclaiming my time. Dianne Feinstein said it, Joe Manchin said it, John Brennan said it, Adam Schiff has said it, Jay Johnson has said it, they've all said it. So a year's worth of, okay, information, nothing. Now, the reason I said it was a distraction last night, and it was, it became the media's fixation last night. And what did that mean? they didn't have to talk about the memo that it looks like is going to be released the day after the state of the union next week they didn't have to talk about at all whether or not um you know the latest about trump and struck and their text back and forth and the fact that last night when i came on the air we had new information and new text messages they didn't have to cover any of that because they were too busy you know, basically being the sheep in their echo chamber, you know, and they talk to each other. Now, so far, it's not working. And anybody that dares, you know, the only difference between Trump Russia collusion and this story that we have about the abuse of FISA warrants and and FISA courts and rigging and fixing elections and and weaponizing the powerful tools of intelligence is we actually have evidence. And what we presented last night was actually true. And it wasn't unnamed sources. And this was all confirmed. And that's something the media won't do. And, you know, the fact that I will never be like them, they just can't seem to get over it. And that's, that is what makes us different. Because we're doing real work and, and they're chasing a rabbit around, you know, that's going around in a circle. And they get excited for a minute. And they get excited for another minute. Then they get super excited and hysterical and breathless, and they think they've got him, and then it turns out again to be nothing. Now, let's just talk about this for a second. It's, you know, first of all, it's an anonymous source, but now uh, when Ed Henry, at the end of the show last night, I said, okay, Ed Henry, I trust Ed Henry. I don't trust the New York Times. But they claim Trump's motive was Mueller's conflict of interest. Well, okay, that alone does not constitute obstruction of justice. Under the statute... A corrupt purpose is required. Mueller's disqualifying conflicts is a legitimate purpose. It's not a corrupt one. In other words, for the president to look at conflicts of interest to see if this is a fair, you know, the individual appointed to such a powerful position has conflicts to ask the question is not illegal. To do nothing is not illegal. So what they're saying it's not obstruction and the idiocy that you hear on on cable news programs it that should take your breath away the hysteria that you hear should take your breath away you know prosecutors would uh, would have to show that Trump intended to interfere or impede the investigation and firing Mueller wouldn't stop the investigation it would continue with someone else. In Mueller's place, presumably someone that didn't have conflicts of interest. Now, by the way, none of this even happened. It pers- Mueller would have been replaced with someone neutral, impartial. So that wouldn't constitute any interference that would be required for any obstruction case. I, my friend Greg Jarrett spells all of this out in his latest column. And prosecutors don't have to show that Trump succeeded in obstructing the investigation of him by actually firing Mueller, an attempt to do so is sufficient, but a discussion about it with the White House Counsel is not far enough to constitute obstruction of justice, especially when there really are conflicts. Now, if it went no further than a discussion, well, that's not an attempt to obstruct. That would have to be some overt act with finality. That didn't happen. I mean, what, what, what? The 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 absolute garbage that people are being fed by the news media it should take your breath away because it's so bad you know look at all the things we reported last night that the rest of the media ignored we reported two nights ago we were the first to do it that in fact the department of justice had tracked down the five months of missing text messages and that is between trump hating fbi agents peter struck and lisa page And Fox News also learned that at least four phones belonging to Strzok and Page had been recovered. Well, this wasn't being reported in the mainstream media. Sarah Carter last night had a new report that raised serious questions. Why was the FBI blaming Samsung and claiming they couldn't recover the messages? And the good news is that those messages, which are in that critical time period that I've been laying out for you all week in the Russia investigation... Well, that stretched from the president's transition until Robert Mueller was appointed to a special counsel. And the bad news is, is that the inspector general is now reviewing the messages to turn over to Congress. I would hope that they turn over all of the messages. Now, why not release them to the American public and let the American people see for themselves just how corrupt and biased these FBI agents are? All right, hang on one sec. Something bad must be happening here. I don't know. Hello, this is Sean. Can I help you? Hello? Uh-huh. Yes, uh, I will call back on that line in the next break, okay? I promise. I'm on the air. Thank you, sir. All right, 800-941-Sean. I, well, when it rings seven times, I'm thinking, all right, the house is burning down. I don't know what it is. It was just a call from a friend of mine. That it doesn't take no for an answer. Anyway, so back to my point here. So we got the text messages from that critical time. Now, all right, now we have to wait longer, just like we're still waiting for the release of the memo. We got 50,000 total messages. Chuck Grassley released a new batch last night from February 25th. Lisa Page text struck one more thing. She might be our next president. The last thing you need is us going in there loaded for bear. Oh, we don't want her to hate us. You think she's going to remember or care that it was more DOJ than FBI? Strzok replies, I agree. Let's not piss her off. Oh, the same Strzok that's writing the exoneration before, I mean, think about the exoneration before investigation. The same Strzok that interviewed Hillary. The same Struck that interviewed General Flynn. All right, now back in February, Strzok and Page already talking about going easy on Clinton with the investigation because they thought she would become the president they were afraid she'd retaliate they were afraid that was going to impact their careers then in may of that year was comey and struck and other fbi officials drafting the exoneration that's months before interviewing clinton and 17 other key witnesses so this is a fact pattern unlike the anonymous source story of the new york times that never happened anyway This is what the media is all up in arms. Hannity's not reporting at all. He doesn't take the New York Times at their word. Yeah, the New York Times treated me so fairly. Look at that beautiful cover of me on the New York Times Sunday magazine. I've never seen a cover that atrocious in my life. And people on Twitter, well, you posed for it. Okay, I was there for 35, 40 minutes. Hundreds and hundreds of pictures were shot. There was a better picture. But they didn't choose that one. And we got struck in Comey. Remember, they changed the language in the exoneration from gross negligence or gross negligence to extreme carelessness, getting rid of the legal standards so she couldn't. Anyway, the fix was in. They rigged it. Anyway, and the, the evidence the fix is in is overwhelming, just like the evidence she committed crimes was overwhelming. Then the pair start talking about, well, maybe we need a second special counsel to do the Clinton probe. You know, Paige asks who? How about Patrick Fitzgerald? He worked on the Valerie Plame case, and he's the guy that screwed Scooter Libby. Because Scooter Libby wouldn't throw Dick Cheney down the stairs. Unbelievable. That's who we're going to pick? Unbelievable. And then Strzok says, you got to give me credit if we go with him. Really? And delay briefing him until I can get back and do it. Oh, he wants to brief him. In other words, give him his predetermined prejudice and bias and then Strzok says, well, I could work with him again. And damn, you know, we'll get blank done. And Page follows, I know, we'll get blank done. Like I said, we've discussed uh, Boss and him yesterday. And then Strzok says, it frustrates me because Bill, at a 7.15, brings up the whole matter in front of, well, a group of people who immediately goes to, tell, to John and tells him that Bill is stressed out because Bill thinks there's going to be a special prosecutor. Bill needs to learn not to talk to everybody about this when he's upset about it and I guarantee that agent while discreet is gonna tell at least a few people the Clintons were in the whole way the whole thing was rigged the whole thing was fixed but that's not what the New York Times cares about or anyone else in the media don't worry we'll continue to do their job I'm not frustrated at all I'm actually amused All right, so the president had an amazing speech in Davos, America Open for Business.
1: We're going to play part of it here. It's a privilege to be here at this forum where leaders in business, science, art, diplomacy and world affairs have gathered for many, many years to discuss how we can advance prosperity, security and peace. I'm here today to represent the interests of the American people and to affirm America's friendship and partnership in building a better world. Like all nations represented at this great forum, America hopes for a future in which everyone can prosper and every child can grow up free from violence, poverty, and fear. Over the past year, we have made extraordinary strides in the US. We're lifting up forgotten communities, creating exciting new opportunities, and helping every American find their path to the American dream. The dream of a great job, a safe home, and a better life for their children. After years of stagnation, the United States is once again experiencing strong economic growth.
0: Unbelievable. And you know what? You know what the sad thing is? I mean, last year's accomplishments by the president, nobody ever wants to talk about. The media doesn't want to talk about. You have top FBI agents involved in every aspect of every investigation. That are on the record defending Hillary, protecting Hillary, wanting an insurance policy, knowing that they have decided Comey, Strzok, Page, McCabe, Loretta Lynch, all, quote, according to these texts, knowing that they are never going to do a thing with Hillary no matter where the evidence brought that case. And we do know that crimes were committed. Mishandling classified information, destruction of classified information, obstructing justice, destroying subpoenaed emails and destroying and acid washing hard drives and and hammering of devices. These are all crimes. You know, at one point they talk about a special prosecutor struck goes on. I'm sending redacted to the 830 with Jones so I can meet up with John. Who's the John? And did he go as uh, far as to talk about why we started talking about a special prosecutor? I don't think so. Discussion about a special counsel doesn't end there. And Page says to Strzok, hey, forgot to ask if you mentioned the whole special counsel thing to Andy. Obviously Andy McCabe. So what it means is Strzok plays a key role, central role in the Clinton email investigation. He's the one exonerating with Comey before investigating. He's the one that interviews Clinton and Page, a top legal counsel for McCabe. The fix was in, but the New York Times doesn't care news world headquarters
2: in new york this is nbc nightly news with lester holt mm, mm,
3: mm, mm, mm. this is the cbs
1: evening news with scott pelly
4: mm, 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 mm. From ABC News World Headquarters, this is ABC World News Tonight with David Muir. Mm, mm,
5: mm, mm, mm.
4: This is Meet the Press
2: with Chuck Mm,
0: Todd. Today on Face the Nation. Mm, 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 mm. From ABC News,
4: it's This Week. Here now, Chief Anchor George Stephanopoulos. It's
6: The Late Show with Stephen Mm, 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 Colbert.
4: From Hollywood, it's Jimmy.
7: <laughs> this is CNN Tonight. I'm Don Lemon.
4: <laughs> Good evening. I'm Chris Matthews in Washington.
8: I <laughs> uh, welcome back to Morning Joe. <laughs> Good evening, Chris. Thanks, my friends. You bet. And thanks to you at home for joining us this hour. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, Wolf Blitzer, you're in the Situation Room. Uh, that's pretty much it. That's what you get every day, every night, 24-7, 365. It's unbelievable. Now, there's other stuff here. You know, she may be our next president. The last thing you need is, is going in there loaded for bear. You think she's going to remember or care that it was more DOJ than FBI? Well, that shows uh, these two top FBI officials, struck in Page, which wasn't covered, but was news last night, wasn't covered by the media, most media. Uh, it shows they wanted, did not want her to be in charge because they didn't want to be in charge of her or have any negative fate with her because uh, she's going to be the president. It's what they wanted. They wanted uh, her exonerated, so they exonerated her. You know, that's a political reason for not charging her. That is the very definition of obstruction of justice. When are these people going to get charged? You know, when are they going to get fired first, then investigated, then charged? I mean, these are the people, I mean, we know who to look at. Lisa, Str- Lisa Page, Peter Strzok, Andrew McCabe. Let's see, James Comey, Loretta Lynch. How do they all know ahead of time? Why would you write an exoneration ahead of time? You know, they thought the perfect person, Comey, can uh, can bounce off of this, indicating that Strzok and Page considered Pat Fitzgerald as the special prosecutor, which means they thought that there was sufficient evidence of wrongdoing by Clinton at one point. But they didn't want to be the ones to do it. Ugh, what if she wins? Real profiling courage, by the way, when Loretta Lynch... You know, after she got caught in the tarmac with Bill Clinton talking for 40 minutes about grandchildren. Just like Hillary deleted 33,000 emails about yoga, a wedding, a funeral, and emailing Bill who doesn't do email. A lot of lies being told. A lot of evidence being destroyed. And remember, it was uh, Loretta Lynch that's telling Comey, it's a matter. It's not an investigation. And Comey... Good soldier that he is, you know, he follows the order. Wasn't that nice? And, uh, and there's even more. These new text messages appear to be, you know, leading information about the Clinton investigation, they're leaking it to the Wall Street Journal and Devlin Barrett. Now, well, that violates FBI, DOJ regulations that prohibit leaking information about pending criminal investigations, a firing offense. Why are they there? When are they going to get fired? It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. But that is where we are in the country. You know, my phone is ringing off the hook. All right, I'm on the air. I'll call you in 20 minutes, my friend Michael, okay? All right, bye. Yeah. Michael could be, I know, my phone's blasted off the hook today. People know you
5: have a day job? No, you know, well,
0: we should tell my sister, because my sister's the worst. Sweet baby James's wife, my sister Teddy. I met her lovely person. She's a, she's the she's so much nicer than me, it's ridiculous.
7: I don't think anyone could be nicer than you. I know it's hard to believe,
0: but she's much nicer than me. Boy, he really is I'm a glad you're cracking, Jesus. I'm glad well, he doesn't have uh sunshine uh senior to suck up on today, so I guess I'm the next, well, bo- he wants I'm the next February boss. bonus. I guess I'm well, you're not getting a February bonus. The bonus March? No, you got two last year for a very specific reason. You're getting one this year. That was a uh, special hey, circumstance. Year. I,
5: w- I wouldn't make any declarations. Okay? I'm making
0: declarations now. I mean, you got an extra bonus last year. Um, but uh, I think, uh,
5: why did you spend all your money at that stupid bar you go to, Coyote Ugly already? Why, why must it always come down to me spending my money at one well, bar? Well, why do you go you to- You know why I spent at least two grand of it. Okay. Where did you spend the two grand? For my final resting place. Jeez. Okay, that was
0: real. Yeah, that's so yeah. in. That's so uplifting. How you, you're, old? You
5: always tell us how to be old prepared. are you? It's how old,
0: to be prepared? How old are you? To, you're buying your your final resting place. I'm 44. You're 44, and you're thinking about where you want to be buried.
5: Oh, I know where I'm gonna be. I just have to. Okay, make where did arrangements. you buy? Did you buy the plot? Oh, that was no. That was done. That was done years ago. So you bought the plot when you were in your 30s. Uh my parents paid for it. All right, so they your parents that, gave but, you a but plot. But as far as the arrangements, I have
0: to do that myself. So what did you arrange for the two grand? What did you get for two grand?
5: Well, I mean, this is, I just set up the account. So I don't i don't have the details of what I'm going to do yet. It's nice well, what to if have you die, money in advance. Well, now that you've
0: paid the, the funeral costs in advance, I mean, I would think that you want to at least get what you want. I think I know what I want. I don't want to be buried seven feet underground. And well, I'll, it's well you be- know how much a golden coffin is worth, Jeez, No, I don't. I don't want a golden coffin. I want a mausoleum.
7: Do you know how hard it's going to be to find you with you going out into the woods like an Indian chief?
0: Well, that's the thing. I want to put it in a very remote place where nobody can find it. I'll bu- build a big cement building, and it'll say "Hannity's America." You know, he lived and Hannity's played
5: hard. America, In Hannity's a
0: America.
3: Wood somewhere that no <laughs> one can find.
0: Well, why? Yeah, I mean, that's. I don't want to be buried underground, and I don't want to be burned either.
8: I think it needs a new name, though.
0: What Hannity's America? It's
8: too chipper. I mean, it's like this is Hannity's America. and well, then you I don't walk want anybody. There and there's listen, nothing there.
0: There's nothing worse than going to a funeral, and I understand it. I mean, and everyone's you know, I, I it's the strangest thing at funerals. Now we're getting off topic a little bit, but it's a str- Everybody responds differently at a funeral. I mean, I have seen funerals, and you can't judge how somebody felt about the dead person based on their reaction at the funeral because some people are laughing and telling old funny stories about the person. And and I would rather people do that than sit around crying and moping that I'm gone, and Jason's only going to be crying because he's not getting his bonus that year because I'll be – you better hope I, not, I don't die in November because that screws you for your yearly bonus. It does. Jeez. That would be awful. Um Man, I could make arrangements for that, but I'm not planning my funeral like I mean, you You should. I mean, I mean, don't leave me
5: out in the cold here. Just well, it's got to be weren't pr- prepared. it's got to be prorated then. I mean, you didn't work the entire year at that point. Look, I don't need the details. Just get it done, okay? <laughs> well, I don't want to be
0: buried in the ground. I don't I don't I've never thought I'm older than you for crying out loud, and
5: I have not thought about the place my final resting place yet. Hey man, I'm just following what you said. Always be prepared and I'm trying to be Okay, prepared. but I'm not preparing not to die I'm not. I mean so you're you know the plot. Where is the plot? I'm
0: not telling you where where I'm. Just give me oh, an know, idea. It's... Is it in a field, an open
5: field? Is it a big plot, a little plot, a baby plot? What is it? No, it's a, it's a nice. It's a nice average human being plot. It's so on, uh, it's on a nice little incline. Oh, you're on the incline. So when the
0: mudslide comes, your your coffin's going to be floating downhill. That's
5: going to be just a great moment. A picture of my coffin <laughs> yeah. floating down like a street or right. something. You
0: what is the matter with? You? And you started with a $2,000 coffin. Let me tell you how it works at funeral homes. You go in, they take you down and look at the coffins, and there's the wooden box. You can buy that for, you know, 500 bucks, 1,000 bucks, or there's no intermediate, or if you really love the person, you're going to spend 10,000 on the real coffin. And that's what it comes down to. So either you're gonna be a cheapskate and not love the person or you're gonna be nice and get the nice coffin. Sounds like a huge waste of money.
5: Why is that a waste of money? I mean, first of all, I don't you don't want your family put paying a foot in the bill for that. Those things are expensive. All right.
0: I have insurance for all this crap, so it's not a big deal. Just, just to be clear, when you tell us to be prepared,
7: you mean for life, not for death.
0: I'm thinking about living a few more years if it's possible. If God
7: would grant me some more life, I would like to take it. And if you're going, it's not in New York because then none of us are I don't de-
0: want to die in New York because it's 10% on top of the 40% federal estate double tax. In other words, all the money that I've been able to save after they steal 40% of it from the federal government, 10% from the state government, then you pay another 40%. For the federal government, they get another bite at your apple and then another 10 percent. Yeah. So if I lived in Florida, there's no estate tax.
7: But Governor Cuomo needs that money to send illegals to college for free. Well,
0: well, apparently he was bragging about that last week. Unbelievable. All right. We have an update, by the way, on the memo. This is a senior intelligence source now has told Fox News that the plan as of now is to release the FISA memo mid-late Next week, that sounds like Wednesday or Thursday of next week. According to the source, the letter from the assistant attorney, General Stephen Boyd, asking Chairman Nunes to hold off releasing the memo is the last straw. And the Republican leadership, the source says, is finished with the DOJ. And now there's clear evidence that the FBI and DOJ are trying to obstruct the investigation. And there's a possibility Boyd might get called, uh... I assume, before one of these congressional committees and ask who told him to send the letter. The source says, I don't believe he had permission to send that letter. So we'll watch that with some detail. According to the source, no one is excited over the prospect of releasing the memo written by Devin Nunes and Trey Gowdy. It's a sad day for the country, the FBI and DOJ, but the American people deserve to know the truth, just like we deserve the 50,000 texts. You know, what all of this means is, well, number one, we should have a special counsel. You know, we should be looking. Hillary Clinton's email server investigation should be reopened now that we know the fixes in. I would open an investigation into fixing the primary with Bernie Sanders. First witness would be Donna Brazile. Next witness would be Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Are we going to live in a country where you can rig primaries? Apparently, those are Donna Brazile's words. Then I want to know, then I want to... Ask questions of Comey and McCabe and Strzok and Page and Loretta Lynch. How did they know that there was never going to be anything done to Hillary Clinton? Why were they writing the exoneration? Then I want to bring in a whole group of people about the dossier issue. And I want to know why they didn't corroborate at Fusion GPS. They they never verified any of the crap that Christopher Steele put in it. But later we found out that they were, you know, trying to work with the Clinton campaign as to where to leak the information that they never corroborated as true. And then I want to know, I want to talk to the Clinton people who paid, who approved of the $12 million between the Clinton campaign and the DNC money that Hillary was controlling to this lawyer to pay for the phony Russian propaganda that was then used as the basis for a FISA warrant. Then I want to talk to the FISA judge. Then I want to talk to Rod Rosenstein. I want to ask Rod Rosenstein if he extended the FISA warrant after 90 days, and uh, why would he ever do that? Because you're supposed to justify such an expansion, We know top-ranking officials at the DOJ-FBI have abused America's powerful tools of intelligence. And that was based on a lie that was paid for by an opposition candidate. Now, I want to see the memo. I want to see the rest of the text messages. We know it was about using intelligence to influence an election. They never thought Donald Trump would become president. And the deep state of bureaucrats there thought that they could subvert the will of the American people. And then when they couldn't, they just continued to spy on an incoming president. No liberal, no mainstream media. They're not talking about rank and file FBI. You know, uh, I'm, we're not talking about rank and file the, the, as the mainstream media is accusing us of. I love the FBI. I love intelligence people. Thank you for your service to your country. But I don't like corruption and abuse of power and obstruction of justice. I don't like elections being rigged either. And I don't like phony dossiers being used to spy on Americans. Anyway, 800-941-SHAWN, our free telephone number. We'll have more on this. Sarah Carter and Dan Bongino at the top of the hour. Later on, Larry Kudlow on the great state of the economy. President an awesome trip in Davos. We'll get to that. Hannity tonight at 9. And I it's just... Coming through an article about Harvey Weinstein and a lawsuit by, I guess, his assistant. It is so disgusting. It, it He walked around naked all the time. He apparently needed uh, ED shots constantly, and she had to procure that for him. You know, he'd make uh, messes all over his couch, and it was her job to clean it up. And then the crap he would say to this poor woman is so disgusting, nobody would ever say it. I like what's wrong with people. I and mean, this this you know between that and everything else that you hear about these people what is wrong with some of these people? They It's like there's evil and sickness all tied into one. Oh. In that sense it's just it's awful. Any woman living in those circumstances, you need to you need to document it and absolutely get to the bottom of it and sue them. My advice. Anyway, quick break, right back we'll continue.
1: Uh, But Mr. Clapper then went on to say that to his knowledge there was no evidence of collusion between members of the Trump campaign and the Russians. We did not conclude any evidence in our report. And when I say our report, that is the NSA, FBI, and CIA, with my office, the Director of National Intelligence, that had anything, any reflection of collusion between the members of the Trump campaign and the Russians. There was no evidence of that in our report. Was Mr. Clapper wrong when he said that? I think he's
4: right uh, about characterizing the report, which you all have read.
1: We
7: did not include any evidence in our report, and I say our, that's NSA, FBI, and CIA, with my office, the director of national intelligence, that had anything, that had any reflection of collusion between members of the Trump campaign and the Russians. There was no evidence of that included in in our report.
5: Have you seen anything either intelligence briefings, through intelligence briefings, anything to back up any of the accusations that sure. you've made.
4: They have the documentation that they did the hacking. The hacking. On the DNC. Right. And on some of us, you know. that. Have but the collusion them. though. No, we have not. Do you have evidence that there was in fact collusion between Trump associates and Russia during the campaign not at this time
0: have you seen anything that suggests any collusion between the Russians and the Trump campaign well there's an awful lot of
3: smoke there let's put it that way people that might have said they were involved to what extent they were involved to what extent the president might have known about these people or whatever there's nothing there from that standpoint that we have seen directly linking uh, our president to any of that did evidence exist of collusion, coordination, conspiracy between the Trump campaign and Russian state actors at the time you
7: learned of 2016 efforts? I don't know. Whether or not such collusion, that's your term, such collusion existed, I don't know.
9: The big question, of course, is is there any evidence of collusion you have seen yet? Is there?
4: Listen, there is a lot of smoke. We have not smoking gun at this point, but there is a
7: lot of smoke.
0: Dianne Feinstein has said there's no evidence of collusion. So collusion between whom? Can you tell us that?
7: I'm not prepared to say that there's proof you could take to a jury, but I can not say that there is enough that we ought to be investigating.
0: All right, Hour 2, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN, toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of the program. No evidence of Trump-Russia collusion. No evidence of Trump-Russia collusion. Let's see. James Comey, James Clapper, Maxime Waters, Diane Feinstein, Joe Manchin, John Brennan, Adam Schiff, Jay Johnson. How much more do we have to take of this? You know, this is the thing with the New York Times last night. Uh, New York Times story breaks. Oh. We have anonymous sources and and they're telling us important things that Donald Trump, maybe back in June, talked to people about wanting to fire because of specific conflicts of interest. He's talking to his attorneys, wanted to fire Robert Mueller. By the way, Robert Mueller, who never should have been appointed, who's compromised a thousand different ways. But, okay, they had the discussion. They never fired him, but they're citing anonymous sources. And for some insane reason. Everybody in the media thinks that I should go with the New York Times and their unnamed sources. I'm sorry. I don't take talking points from the New York Times. I leave that to the networks and CNN and ABC and NBC and the conspiracy network MSNBC. All right. So finally, yeah, it was corroborated at the end of the show by Ed Henry. So I said so. I trust Ed Henry. I don't trust those people. Anyway, here to focus on this, all the latest developments in the story, because it was a distraction, as I said last night. Media is like, Hannity says the New York Times thing is a distraction. Oh, OK. So they talked with lawyers about maybe firing Mueller for conflicts of interest, but they didn't do it. But they're not talking about Peter Strzok and Lisa Page or the FISA abuses or the intelligence abuses or people that are high ranking in the DOJ and FBI that are against uh, a candidate and a sitting president and trying to undermine him every step of the way, even using the powerful tools of intelligence and lying to a FISA court. No, let's not. Let's not ever cover that. Sarah Carter, Fox News contributor, investigative reporter, former Secret Service agent, NYPD, uh, Dan Bongino is uh, with us uh, you know, Sarah, as this is all breaking, I'm thinking, okay, uh, I would think it odd if the president didn't, with his attorneys and his team, look at whether there are conflicts of interest involving a special prosecutor that's investigating you. A very legitimate question.
6: It is, it's a legitimate question, and you would think that that would be one of the things that he would want to talk to his attorney, Don McGahn, about. I mean, this is—it's a non-story, Sean— It's a story about something that didn't happen. And I
0: think that's what we need to do. I mean, that's the whole thing. It's just like if Donald Trump, Dan Bongino, asked somebody, Well, who'd you vote for? Uh, You know, this now becomes twenty four hours of an echo chamber in the liberal media that again is ignoring the biggest story in their lifetime. Sean,
4: let's be crystal clear about what's happening here. Okay. The media collusion the collusion narrative is dead. It's as dead as a doornail. And you know why it's dead? Because there's no collusion, you can say 2 plus 2 equals 76 all you like. Eventually, someone's going to get a calculator and an abacus out and find out it equals 4. The collusion narrative's dead. The media now needs to shift to the obstruction narrative, which is another nonsensical narrative. Make no mistake, this leak was timed in the story yesterday to strategically move from one fake narrative collusion to the next, which is obstruction and the, as Sarah said and accurately so, a story about a non-story that didn't happen. This is a step to doing that. They absolutely know. And
0: look at the news that we did have last night that nobody reported that and, and we had broken the story the night before. And the Justice Department has tracked down the five months of missing text messages between uh, Trump-hating FBI lovers Peter Strzok and Lisa Page. And we also learned that at least four phones belonging to Strzok and Page had been recovered. And, Sarah, last night you broke, a, broke some news that is raising, I think, serious questions about why the FBI was blaming Samsung. And they claim they couldn't recover the messages. Uh,
6: well, and that, it's such an important story, Sean, because we knew an FBI agents. I mean, when, you, when you're covering crime, when you're covering U.S. intelligence, you know that the most important tools that they have are their ability to retrieve text messages, the ability to retrieve emails, even when these – people, criminals and others, try to delete them. And so the biggest question coming out of from all the FBI and law enforcement officials were, how is the FBI saying that they don't have these? How are the is the DOJ saying that they can't retrieve these because of a technical glitch? What kind of technical glitch could cause this? And then all of a sudden, lo and behold, because they realized people weren't buying the story all of a sudden, now they can retrieve these. Now they have the Samsung 5 phones. Now they're pulling the information from the phones, and it appears that they're going to have all of those text messages. So now we have to ask the question is, why did they lie to begin with?
0: Well, I think that's the main thing. I mean, you know, go through all of this. Uh, Dan Bongino, I mean, investigation yeah. or exoneration before investigation. Then you see, you know, the depth through which, you know, now Strzok and Page are talking about, well, they don't want to piss off a future president in Hillary Rodham Clinton. Well, it ends up, I guess they pissed off a future president, Donald J. Trump, but that wasn't even part of the equation for him. But then Strzok is working with Comey to exonerate before they investigate, and Strzok is the one that interviews General Flynn, and Strzok is the one that interviews Hillary, just the day before James Comey, the guy he's writing the talking points with, to exonerate her months ago, you know, goes out and says she committed no crimes. And we haven't even gotten to the dossier yet.
4: This is a critical point you just made. I was on your TV show last night debating Austin Goolsby, and I desperately tried to get this out of the end, but we are running out of time. The liberal defense, including Austin, who's an otherwise a pretty nice guy but seems completely clueless on this case, the liberal defense now is, hey, but Bob Mueller got rid of Peter Stroke. Well, they didn't fire him, number one. He's still working for the FBI. And number two, you brought something up there. This is the connection that they constantly leave out. Stroke had already interviewed Mike Flint. It was the statements made to Stroke at the White House by General Flynn that were used to prosecute him on a nonsensical crime. They were there for violations of the Logan Act? Are are you serious
0: How many Why times you have you we applied serious? the Logan Act out for the Logan How Act? many times have we applied the Logan Act one time successfully after only only applied 6 times and the general procedure if somebody doesn't register properly they're given the opportunity to do so yeah. And, and, yeah. and 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 that is a weak weak case uh, by any measure all right so look at the rest of of these developing You know, text messages. We got 50,000 in total here. Uh, Good thing we have an inspector general that's now reviewing the messages. I wish they would turn them over right away. Um, We know that uh, Lisa Page text struck one more thing. She might be our next president. The last thing you need is us going in there uh, loaded for bear. You think she's going to remember or care if it was the DOJ or the FBI? And Strzok replies, agreed. And then it goes on from there. Why would they be so fearful? Doesn't that sound like they want to put the fix in for the person they think is winning? Sarah Carter. Well,
6: on its face, it appears that way. And that's the reason why these text messages are so important, Sean, that we have all of them, the full scope of them. I mean... Peter Strzok and Lisa Page were very clear in how they felt about President Trump, as well as many other people. But they were very clear that they did not want to see him as president. And we know now, based on their text messages, based on the actions of former FBI Director Comey, based on what we are hearing with regard to other people on the seventh floor of the FBI – that there is some serious concern that the scales of justice were tipped, that they were tipping them in favor of Hillary Clinton, and that they were willing to move away from what seemed like a very strong case for gross negligence and possibly many other acts of criminality uh, in order to see that happen, in order to see her become president. And I think that in the end, they all believed that Hillary Clinton would be elected president. I mean, it seems very clear from Peter Strzok and Lisa Page's conversations, what we've seen so far, that they believed that up until right before the election when they start questioning whether or not she is going to be able to win and they start discussing the insurance policy
0: let's talk about that more when we get back
6: investigations are so important
0: and the latest text between struck and page ignored by the media and we'll talk about when we expect to get this memo i would assume after the state of the union next week all right As we continue, Dan Bongino and Sarah Carter are with us. You know, the extent the media ignores this is unbelievable. All right. So we've been calling release the memo, release the memo. And now there's being pressure put, as I understand it, uh, Sarah Carter on the Department of Justice not to allow the intelligence community to release the memo. We all deserve to see. What's the latest on that?
6: Well, doesn 't appear that that's going to happen because uh, the House Intelligence Committee is going to stand firm on moving through with a vote is what I've been told so once the once the House Intelligence Committee mo- pushes the vote to make this public then it'll go to the President of the United States now the president will have five days to decide whether or not to release the document to the public some people have suggested Sean that maybe you know the Democrats are going to try to use pressure on the president to say, well, if you release this memo, you're involving yourself in the investigation and you're kind of inserting yourself into the special counsel's investigation. And they might try to put pressure on him to do that. Now, I have been told that that's not going to work, that uh, the president uh, will more than likely just allow the memo to go public. But remember, this is going to be a fight because now the Dems themselves have written their own memo to contradict. So it's building up a little bit of momentum. They're getting a little bit of time to kind of, uh, I guess, backtrack and go after the Republicans on this. But according to the sources that I've spoken with, the memo is explosive. The memo is detailed. And of course, they're going to have to redact some of that classified information. But it's detailed enough to expose severe FISA abuse in relation to the case of the 2016 election. So this is going to be very important, and I think it's something we all deserve to see.
0: And what are your thoughts on it? I I obviously believe that, too, and the memo I'm being told is just the beginning of what's going to open the floodgates of information that's going to shock the conscience of the American people, Dan Bongino.
4: Sean, it's highly likely, and make no mistake here, that the memo is going to expose what uh, people like you and I have been following the far left, not all Democrats, but the radical far left for a long time. Um, they are supporters of the police state, the surveillance state, and make no mistake, uh, this memo is likely to point that out through, as Sarah's right, extensive circumventing of the Constitution in, a, in, a, in an effort to spy on the Trump team. And one quick point, Sarah made, I want to double down on. Um, I read a great piece by Kim Strassel in the Journal today. And she said exactly what Sarah's saying, that the Democrats are now in a panic about this, and they're going to try to pin this memo on Trump if he agrees to release it as some form of, quote, interference in the campaign. She's absolutely right. And that doubles down on their obstruction narrative. They're trying. Well,
0: that's going to be up to the House. They just don't have to. The White House will be given an opportunity if they want to object to it, and they won't. Why should they? No,
4: we know that. But I'm just saying that this is the kooky Looney Tunes left. They are desperate to make this go away. I'm not telling you to tell them the truth. I'm just saying this is going to be their third attempt to hide the memo. First, it was Russian bots. Then it was, this is a partisan document. Now it's going to be Trump's interfering in the investigation. They're doing anything to make this go away. Yeah. All
0: right. I want to thank you both for being with us. Sarah Carter, we'll see you tonight. Dan Mangino, hopefully we'll see you tonight. 800 941 Sean Toll-free telephone number if you want to be a part of this program. We'll take a quick break and a lot more coming up. We'll get to a lot of your calls in the next half hour. And then Larry Kudlow on the booming economy and what we can expect for the rest of the year heading into the election. Straight ahead. All right. 25 now till the top of the hour, 800 941 toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of the program. Uh, all right, let's get to our phones. Mike is in our nation's capital, the swamp, the sewer, Washington, D.C. What is up, Mike? How are you? Glad you called.
9: Hey, thanks, Sean. I was curious about the two FBI agents, Peter Struck and uh, Lisa Page, I think the names are. You know, is anybody paying attention and watching over them? Are they, are they lawyering up? Because none of that whole thing makes sense. We have five months that we just got back. I mean,
0: why? I guarantee you, I don't know who their lawyers are. We did find out one of Comey's lawyers is the Columbia professor that he used to leak uh, information, government information that he shouldn't leak to get the special counsel. Uh, That's an interesting choice because, oh, then he wouldn't be able to testify against his own client. So that's number one. Number two, uh, I think all of these people are lawyered up, every one of them. They have to be.
9: But think about it. Five months of of texts were missing when Mueller found out, supposedly, they were released because of texts, all right? But then clearly Mueller just said bye. He didn't look into it. He's supposed to prosecute if he sees something. He should have looked and said, wait a minute, five months are missing. We should never have had five months missing because Mueller should have got those five months before we even knew they were missing.
0: Yeah, of course. I mean, the whole idea that we went through this period of this week thinking that we were never going to get him is ridiculous. And this, was, this all happened last summer. Well,
9: exactly. Exactly. So that, that's really prevalent. I haven't heard anybody discuss it in that light.
0: All right. I've got a roll. Uh, thank you so much, Mike. We appreciate it. Uh, let's say hi to Rod in California. Rod, how are you? Glad you called.
6: Mr. Hannity, first time caller. I appreciate everything you do and you're a great American. Oh, thank you. Here's my question. My question is if Rod Rosenstein and Peter Strzok and Lisa Page and James Comey and Loretta Lynch and Bob Mueller are all cut from the same cloth, why hasn't anybody asked for or seen any of the emails or any of the texts or any of the communications of Bob Mueller for the year prior to him becoming the special counsel?
0: Well, oh, I think that's a great idea. I mean, wouldn't you like to know what uh, what his specific, you know, points of view are? I would. Absolutely. Absolutely, I would. I would like to know about his
6: emails maybe to Clapper or maybe his uh, emails or texts to Brennan also.
0: Yeah, I'd like – or Brennan or Clapper. Uh, I'd like to get – look, after this, I want to know why – You know, we have a a U.N. ambassador, Samantha Power, you know, basically unmasking a person a day and saying, well, I never asked for that. Well, then who did? Hmm. I'd like to know about the surveillance, the lack of minimization, the unmasking, the leaking of raw intelligence. Then I want to know all about Uranium One. I want to hear what the what the FBI informant that spent six years in Putin's network, a year and a half before they signed off on on the Uranium One deal. And they knew there was bribery and. Blackmail and corruption and all sorts of money laundering and kickbacks going on. And I want to know why Mueller didn't stop that, too. I want to know the answer to a lot of questions. But, you know, I, I often tell people I can only fight so many people at one time. And in this particular case, this is so detailed, I can only deal with one of these major controversies at once. But we're going to get right into the next one and then the next one and then the next one. And I've been signaling to everybody this this is a massive amount of information that will be coming our way in this next year it's going to be huge every day is going to be new information i can tell you that well keep up the good work all right my friend we're trying we're trying to do our job uh all right back to our phones uh let's say hi to thomas is in alabama what's up thomas how are you glad you called
3: Thanks for taking my call sean uh, listen, I just wanted to run something by you here and, and let you tell me if I'm way out in left field here. I really think there are three reasons why the left, the Democrats, would not want to pursue impeachment on Trump. Let me run through them real quickly here. Number one, the backlash. I mean, I think there'll be a backlash bordering on a revolution if you remove a duly elected president for anything short of treason or something of that nature. Number two, I think it obviously establishes a horrible precedent that should be the members of both parties sort of shudder if you can remove a president just because essentially you disagree with his ideas. But what may be the most compelling reason is, number three, if you take out Trump, then you have Pence, who is probably more conservative than Trump is, but without the baggage. So they can no longer attack him because of the tweets. They can't attack him because of the sexual innuendos and all those things. But you have a more conservative person in the White House at that point than Trump. So what do they gain by removing Trump?
0: Listen, that's not going to stop the crazy left. Now, look, they used to be blue dog Democrats, conservative Democrats. You know, that's that that species of Democrat or species is extinct. You know, used to have, um, you know, back in the day, people like Zell Miller, a more conservative Democrat, a more reasonable person. I guess the closest you got to that is at least Joe Manchin pretending to be. But he always ends up voting the wrong way anyway. And, um, you know, but as a Scoop Jackson Democrat, for those of you that might be a little older, but they don't exist anymore. And uh, if anything, the Republican Party has has gone way to the left and conservatives now are viewed as extreme. But conservatism used to be the Republican Party. The Republican Party's lost a lot of their identity and a lot of their fight. And I know they've done some good things last year, but they need to do a lot more and a lot more quickly.
3: But the question is, what does the left gain by removing Trump?
0: Well, the left gains, they think it's a big victory. I think they've convinced themselves in their little echo chamber all the things they say about him is true. I think they're not going to listen to a doctor. I mean, when you got Dr. Liberal... Joe over at Conspiracy
7: TV. And- One of people closest to Donald Trump during the campaign saying he's got early stage of dementia. He repeats the same stories over and over again. His father had it and it's getting worse and not a single person who works for him doesn't know he has early signs of dementia. This is so unbalanced. This is so, uh, he is not well. He looked like a thug. He looked like a goon. You look at the handshake. Uh, you look with look. Look at this. Just what a thug! It's, but it's just what th- an embarrassment! Look, he's mauling him like an idiot.
8: They see no talent. They see absolutely nothing behind the eyes that they can work with. I- this is not funny. This is really bad. Just for the record we're all really nervous this presidency is rotten all the way to the core and right to the top
7: totally unprepared for the job of being president and unfortunately not knowing what he does not know
8: and possibly uh, unfit uh, mentally sorry along with the fact that the president appears to be according to the doctor healthy worries me because if he wasn't healthy that would be a great excuse for this behavior Now he has none, which you can then deduce other things that are far more nefarious and frightening. Steve Ratner, I won't ask you to answer to that but I think it's worth saying. I just wonder uh, how you look at all this, given the fact that there's a shutdown looming.
9: Well, actually, I had a similar thought about the president, which is I wasn't sure whether I was rooting for him to turn out to be cognitively healthy or cognitively not healthy. I'm disturbed
8: that they say cognitively he's cognitively healthy. healthy. You do
9: all this stuff. It's, it's pretty I bad I think the
8: word well. evil comes to mind.
7: And all I can tell you is this. If that's what 239 pounds looked like, I would weigh 170 pounds. So, yes, I have great respect uh, for people who have great respect for this doctor, Uh, but if that's what, 6'3", 239 pounds (laughs) looks like, uh, that's a shock. To me, only because uh, people I know very well that are 6'3 and weigh close to 239 pounds look like they weigh about 30 or 40 pounds less than that.
8: Yeah. Well, taking the doctor at his word, though, in terms of the testing and stuff, that is um, actually truly frightening. It it leaves the options um, as to what's going on in a very bad category.
0: Dr. Mika Brzezinski, I mean, you know, why would you need a real admiral doctor you know, given an exam to the president, they know so much better. They're so much smarter.
3: Well, but but again, my point is you take out Trump, you replace him with Pence. And and, no, and I think the, the Republicans— And then we lose—but uh,
0: but there's no reason to take out Trump. That's the point. This has uh, been well, a year's—this th- th- is an effort by those that thought they knew better, A, to keep Hillary in the race— B, to use Hillary's bought-and-paid-for lies as an effort to spy on Trump and his campaign, and then to spy on a president-elect and undermine a president-elect. And if we don't get to the bottom of this, then we've lost all control of our electoral system. And then Uh, uh, then we've basically become a banana republic. You might as well take your Constitution and throw it in a paper shredder, because it will be meaningless. And in many ways, well, there's been many violations of the law, many constitutional violations. And what they have done here is outrageous. And they never thought they'd get caught because they never thought he'd win.
3: Well, I couldn't agree with you more. And, but my, my point is, is that I guess it falls in that category of be careful what you ask for. Because no. uh, they, they may not get what they're looking for, even assuming that they are able to pursue this uh, vendetta against Trump.
0: All right, thank you for your call. We appreciate it, Thomas. Eight hundred nine four one Sean is our number. Uh David is in Tampa, Florida. David, hey, how are you? Glad you called. How are you doing today, Sean? I'm good, sir. What's going on? Happy Friday.
3: I just want to let you know that I work in auto parts and within the last eight months, every other part I sell people is made in America now.
0: What did it used to be?
3: Oh my goodness. I used to feel bad. I used to sell stuff. It was China, Mexico. And it was I, when I first started working there three years ago. I couldn't find anything made in the United States.
0: Wow, wow! And
3: now I feel great. Every it, other part is
0: now. Do you just, do you just you work for an auto part manufacturer or one that distributes? What auto, do
3: you do? Auto part store. People come in. They need you know auto parts. I sell them with whatever. You no, know,
0: I I know this sounds many years ago, and I'm like aging myself here. But the years that I used to buy, I bought a two hundred dollar. For uh, Ford Econoline van that used to be owned by the Providence Gas Company and run on natural gas even back, at the time, back in the day. And I used to work on that car all the time. And then I bought a $350 Ford Maverick. And I used to work on that. I used to do my own brakes, my own tune-ups. Um, I used to, you know, the, the solenoids used to break on those for some reason like every other week. Um, and I just, I, I painted cars. I did Bondo work, body work, and I used to love it. I don't know why. Now, Now, as my family says, you won't even undo a light bulb. I'm like, well, I would if I had time. I just don't have a lot of time. But I I love doing that work, and I spent a lot of time in uh, auto parts stores and, and a lot of time, believe it or not, in junkyards. It was amazing. It's like a, I don't know, one man's trash is another man's cash. But I used to go in there, and if I needed a starter, I'd go in there, and I'd, I'd pull it out of the junkyard. It was great. Anyway, I know that's probably too much information. Uh, appreciate it. Listen, I'm glad you, you reported that, David. That's really important.
1: After years of stagnation, the United States is once again experiencing strong. The stock market is smashing one record after another and has added more than seven trillion dollars in new wealth since my election. Consumer confidence business confidence, and manufacturing confidence are the highest they have been in many decades. Since my election, we've created 2.4 million jobs, and that number is going up very, very substantially. Small business optimism is at an all-time high. New unemployment claims are near the lowest we've seen in almost half a century. African American unemployment has reached the lowest rate ever recorded in the United States, and so has unemployment among Hispanic Americans. The world is witnessing the resurgence of a strong and prosperous America. I'm here to deliver a simple message. There has never been a better time to hire, to build, to invest, and to grow in the United States. America is open for business and we are competitive once again. The American economy is by far the largest in the world. And we've just enacted the most significant tax cuts and reform in American history.
0: I mean, think about what the president just said there, that there has never been a better time to hire, to build, to invest in the U.S. than right now. Now. How is that statement factual? Well, number one, we've gotten rid of 20 burdensome government regulations for every new one they're taking on. And those regulations, they impacted every single corporation in this country, you know, like the energy sector in particular. I mean, now that he's opened up ANWR, now that he's uh, opened up uh coal mining now that he's opened up fracking now that he's an all of the above president because energy is the lifeblood of our economy you gotta understand what that means for jobs the energy sector they pay a lot they pay truck drivers a lot of times 100 grand a year if you work overtime that's serious money you know if you're making 30 35 40 grand a year and you transfer they'll even train you in many cases that's real money for real people and we're not dependent on foreign oil we'll take a break. We'll talk about the economic boom under Trump. Larry Kudlow is next. News Roundup,
1: Information Overload.
4: Coming up next, our final News Roundup and Information Overload
1: Hour. We are freeing our businesses and workers so they can thrive and flourish as never before. We are creating an environment that attracts capital, invites investment, and rewards production. America is the place to do business. So come to America where you can innovate, create, and build. I believe in America. As President of the United States, I will always put America first, just like the leaders of other countries should put their country first also. But America first does not mean America alone. When the United States grows, so does the world. American prosperity has created countless jobs all around the globe, and the drive for excellence, creativity, and innovation in the U.S. has led to important discoveries that help people everywhere live more prosperous and far healthier lives. All right,
0: News Roundup Information Overload Hour, toll-free. Our telephone number is 800 941 If you want to be a part of the program, when you look at these economic statistics, they're mind-blowing. Lowest unemployment rate we have had now in decades. The best economic growth, it could have been better for the for the final quarter of the year. Fourth quarter is 2.6 percent, but the previous two quarters were better than Obama had in any two given years and— the president's tax bill has not even had any impact on the economy. That won't go into effect till February 1st. And the reception of President Trump in Davos was mind numbing. America's open for business. Do business in America. We got rid of all the bureaucracy. We got rid of all the burdensome regulations. We now have lowered taxes, one of the most competitive corporate tax rates in the world. If you parked your money overseas somewhere and you want to bring it back at a very, very low rate, repatriated money, bring it back to America because we're incentivizing you to do so. We have one Dow Jones uh, spike after another, one no record set after another. You have literally the lowest unemployment rate for black Americans and Hispanic Americans than we have ever seen in history. A 17-year low for women in the workforce in terms of unemployment rate. We have consumer confidence now at an all-time high. We have 2.2 million jobs created since Donald Trump is elected. We have 2 million fewer people on food stamps. And you can see the engines of the economy are just, just roaring and getting ready to explode. We've seen this before. We've seen it Under President Kennedy in his time, because he followed the same economic plan as did Ronald Reagan. Reagan cut the top rates from 70 to 28 percent. He ended up doubling revenues to the government. In other words, cutting taxes, you know, ended up putting more money because of the economic activity in the hands of these power hungry politicians. But it also created 21 million new jobs and at the time was the longest period of peacetime economic growth in our country's history. Can we do it again? Why not? Absolutely. Certainly the last eight years of economic statistics under Obama have been atrocious. I mean, just look at it. The numbers speak for themselves. 13 million more people uh, uh, on food stamps, 8 million more in poverty. He doubled the national debt, accumulated more debt than every other president before him combined. had the lowest labor participation rate since the 70s, the worst recovery since the 40s, lowest home ownership rate. In 51 years under Obama, now we have a housing explosion beginning to emerge. So obviously what presidents believe and philosophies they adopt and, and policies they adopt have a big impact on businesses. I could say the single best thing that we'll benefit from in the years to come is going to be the president opened up Anwar and the president saved the coal industry and the president's allowing fracking and all the above and, and pursuing new technologies So that means, number one, from a national security standpoint, well, that's going to be good for America because we won't be dependent for the lifeblood of our economy, energy from countries that hate us. And not only that, we'll probably even be able to build a big enough surplus that we'll be exporting that energy and, in the process, creating millions of high-paying career jobs for people, which uh, are desperately needed. That's what this last election was all about. Joining us now, Larry Kudlow. He's the CNBC host, former Reagan administration economist. He wrote the book, JFK and the Reagan Revolution, A Secret History of American Prosperity. Am I missing a lot here, Mr. Kudlow, sir?
2: No, you're doing great, Sean. You're doing great. And, you know, Trump's tax cuts and deregulation, rollback of regulation, he is ending the war on business. And he is restructuring the economy, okay? We haven't had a business investment boom in 20 years. And because of the tax incentives and the regulatory incentives, we are already in the beginnings of what will turn out to be an investment boom. By the way, today's GDP, it looks soft, but it wasn't because um, uh, the domestic economy, particularly business investment, grew by about 8%. So, That's a good number. And, you know, it's amazing to me. I mean, I've been doing this stuff for a long time. How fast the companies are responding to the tax incentives. I mean, I've never seen anything like it, uh, including Apple, which the president continues to quote. They are providing more wages to their own workforce. In some cases, they're giving the workforce more stock, and they're investing In business equipment and technology and factories and plants, we're seeing a roaring jump uh, as a result of this. It's happening much faster than I thought. I think anybody thought. And it's a really good thing. And let me just tell you, Trump stole the show at Davos, Sean. He made a very wise decision to go into the I
0: I don't even know. Did you go this year or no? You've been there before, right? Uh
2: I, I have, but not for many years because they're not my peeps. They're not my folks over there. Oh,
0: they're not but your folks. Of, uh, they're certainly not Hannity folks, I can tell you that. I don't, right. know, if, I don't know if showing up you in know, my this, jeans and boots would, would impress <laughs> anybody.
2: This is, you know, this is the IMF and the World Bank and uh, all the rest of that uh, stuff. But the president made a wise decision to explain, to go there and take center stage and explain the success of his new policies. And you're right. He's replicating the Reagan formulas. He's lowering tax rates, rolling back regulations. You're right about Anwar. We are going to be uh, uh, energy uh, exporters. It, it's just people are stunned at the number. There's like 250 corporations have announced New jobs, higher wages and new investment. Slow down a
0: second. What about the crumbs and the bonuses of a thousand, two thousand dollars and the raises that people are getting? You know, we keep hearing from uh, Nancy Pelosi, the billionaire she is, that these are only crumbs for people. Listen, I had no money. A thousand dollars wasn't a crumb to me when I had no money. Two thousand dollars was, uh, you know, a heck of a lot of money. And I've got you know all these companies: Apple, AT and T, Bank of America, BB and T, Citizens Financial, Comcast, uh, Com America, uh, Discover Financial uh, Services, FedEx. Then we've got the Fifth Third Bank and Hartford Financial Services, Home Depot, Kansas City Southern, uh, PNC Financial Services, Royal Caribbean, Southwest Airlines, Starbucks, uh, and I can keep reading. You know Verizon.
2: Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi. And Larry Summers was on our network today. This is Sean Sour Grapes, nitpicking and partisanship. And you're right. A couple thousand dollar wage bonus goes a long way for working folks who have not had this in almost 20 years. And look also, places like Apple are giving the workforce stock. Through 401ks. Now that's not temporary. That is a permanent increase in uh, their stake in the company and their retirement. So a lot of Look, Walmart, which fought the federal government for years and closed down stores in Washington D.C. because they would not accept a federal mandate for a minimum wage. All right. So this tax plan comes into play, and Walmart, uh, Walmart by itself gives its own workforce a much higher minimum wage, and you will build on that over the years ahead. This is permanent stuff. And the business investment plans, I mean, take Apple, $350 billion. Sean, that means jobs, wages, productivity as far as the eye can see. And the fact that Trump made his case in front of all these people who were big sticks and so forth, he's turned their heads. The optimism coming out of this thing has been unparalleled. And Trump answered all the questions. He gave a great speech. He gave a great tone. He said, we're going to do business. Come to America. Come to America. And then he said, you know, America first, but not alone. So he offered an olive branch. He said, we will work with you wherever we can. He wants to do that. And by the way, he also covered the issue about the dollar. He said, we want a strong dollar. This is like a magical performance, Sean. I mean it. Well, I mean, it's so same same different. I mean,
0: remember the first year Obama's president, the apology tour, and, you know, oh, yeah. you know, America's sinned and this and that. And I got sick of hearing it. And uh, I think a lot of other people did as well. No, we're not a perfect nation, but there's never been a country that's accumulated more power and used it for good than this one. Or there's never been a a, a country that's accumulated more power and abused it less than the United States of America. And that's just a fact. And it has stood up for the cause of human liberty and freedom and paid such a huge price for others way outside of our borders for, the, for their
2: benefit. So think about this. One of Trump's themes in this speech today. When the United States grows, you grow. That was part of his message. We have changed policies in the U.S. You should change policies wherever you are, in Europe, in Asia, and so forth. And you will replicate the success we have. And we will all benefit, okay? Great nations, prosperity worldwide. It's very Reagan-esque, Sean. Reagan did the same thing in the old G7 meetings 35 years ago. I was there. They were all skeptics except Thatcher. And when the American economy took off, then all these European countries changed their policies towards free markets. That's what Trump did today. i am just tell you, I watched the speech. I was in Orlando, was giving a talk last night. I watched it this morning. It just blew me away. Crisp, clear America is open for business and investment. I know, I
0: know this is wonderful the wonderful thing. I know this is what you care about the most, but then you see. You know, everything that I'm covering every night on radio, on TV and everything I cover here on the radio, you see now uh, a bunch of people that tried to arrange it, that, number one, Hillary didn't get indicted so she would be the next president, even though she had committed felonies and crimes, and then, of course, a phony Russian propaganda dossier that was used to manipulate the American people, try to rig that election, and then it's used as the basis for a FISA warrant against an opposition candidate and an incoming president. You've seen a year worth of Trump-Russia collusion nonsense with no evidence ever. And here we are. I mean, he's still fighting back. And the media still is, you know, uh, antagonistic towards him as he's been towards any president in my lifetime.
2: Well, I'll tell you this. The only message the Democrats have is all this garbage about Russian collusion. And it may turn out that the investigations move forward that Hillary, Hillary had more collusion than Russia, than Donald Trump ever had. But the key point here, the Democrats have a negative, pessimistic they don't want the stock market to go up. They don't want the economy to go up. Look at the polls are showing now Trump's ratings are moving higher as the economy moves higher. I'll tell you, Sean if Democrats think twenty eighteen is gonna be a layup for them politically, they better think twice. In fact they better think three times. They have no message to grow America and Well Republicans
0: uh, you know, better keep their pro- promise and start building that wall. That is gonna be a big, big issue for voters come twenty eighteen. Look to me a lot of this is gonna come down to in twenty eighteen, all right, how is the economy? What does the growth look like? How do how has the Trump tax cuts impacted? american families and i think it's also going to be contingent are these guys going to keep their promise and build the wall and and all, can we see it by november of 2018 can we see two or three hundred miles a new wall and unless that's done and maybe maybe repealing more of obamacare i know they got rid of the mandate at least in the tax bill but we need a lot more than that i think it's going to well, be I in think, the republicans
2: hands yeah well i agree of course and you know listening to the president. Actually, in Davos, um, my pal Joe Kernan had a very good interview with the president. And, you know, he says he's showing flexibility on the immigration question uh, with respect to the DREAMers. But he is not going to allow that to be the only measure we take to reform immigration. He wants the wall. He wants, you know, better border security wherever it works. Sometimes it's a wall. Sometimes it's a fence. Sometimes it's other kind of barriers, some kinds of drones sometimes it's going to be a better placement of the law he
0: promised people. a big beautiful wall yep right well, th- i
2: think he's going to get started on that i think he can win that issue
0: all right i got a roll thank you larry kudlow when we come back uh, we're going to play the president's speech from davos uh, we didn't have time in, earlier in the program but i think it's really worth listening to because at the end of the day don't we all want more money in our pockets don't we all want more economic opportunity don't we wasn't this election about the forgotten men and women We're going to play that next. And Hannity tonight on the Fox News Channel. Hope you'll join us. 9 Eastern. So the president's reception in Davos was spectacular. And he has now said America is open for business. You care about the economy in the U.S.? I want to play a speech for
1: you. I'm here today to represent the interests of the American people and to affirm America's friendship and partnership in building a better world. Like all nations represented at this great forum, America hopes for a future in which everyone can prosper and every child can grow up free from violence, poverty, and fear. Over the past year, we have made extraordinary strides in the U.S., We're lifting up forgotten communities, creating exciting new opportunities, and helping every American find their path to the American dream, the dream of a great job, a safe home, and a better life for their children. After years of stagnation, the United States is once again experiencing strong economic growth. The stock market is smashing one record after another and has added more than $7 trillion in new wealth since my election. Consumer confidence, business confidence, and manufacturing confidence are the highest they have been in many decades. Since my election, we've created 2.4 million jobs, and that number is going up very, very substantially. Small business optimism is at an all-time high. New unemployment claims are near the lowest we've seen in almost half a century. African-American unemployment has reached the lowest rate ever recorded in the United States, and so has unemployment among Hispanic Americans. The world is witnessing the resurgence of a strong and prosperous America. I'm here to deliver a simple message There has never been a better time to hire, to build, to invest, and to grow in the United States. America is open for business, and we are competitive once again. The American economy is by far the largest in the world, and we've just enacted the most significant tax cuts and reform in American history. We've massively cut taxes for the middle class and small businesses to let working families keep more of their hard-earned money. We lowered our corporate tax rate from 35 percent all the way down to 21 percent. As a result, millions of workers have received tax cut bonuses from their employers in amounts as large as $3,000. The tax cut bill is expected to raise the average American's household income by more than $4,000. The world's largest company, Apple, announced it plans to bring $245 billion in overseas profits home to America. Their total investment into the United States economy will be more than $350 billion over the next five years. Now is the perfect time to bring your business, your jobs, and your investments to the United States. This is especially true because we have undertaken the most extensive regulatory reduction ever conceived. Regulation is stealth taxation. The U.S., like many other countries, unelected bureaucrats, and we have, believe me, we have them all over the place, and they've imposed crushing and anti-business and anti-worker regulations on our citizens with no vote, no legislative debate, and no real accountability. In America, those days are over. I pledged to eliminate two unnecessary regulations for every one new regulation. We have succeeded beyond our highest expectations. Instead of two for one, we have cut 22 burdensome regulations for every one new rule. We are freeing our businesses and workers so they can thrive and flourish as never before. We are creating an environment that attracts capital, invites investment, and rewards production. America is the place to do business. So come to America where you can innovate, create, and build. I believe in America as President of the United States, I will always put America first, just like the leaders of other countries should put their country first also. But America first does not mean America alone. When the United States grows, so does the world. American prosperity has created countless jobs all around the globe. And the drive for excellence, creativity, and innovation in the U.S. has led to important discoveries that help people everywhere live more prosperous and far healthier lives. As the United States pursues domestic reforms to unleash jobs and growth, we are also working to reform the international trading system so that it promotes broadly shared prosperity and rewards to those who play by the rules. We cannot have free and open trade if some countries exploit the system at the expense of others. We support free trade, but it needs to be fair and it needs to be reciprocal. As I have said, the United States is prepared to negotiate mutually beneficial bilateral trade agreements with all countries. This will include the countries in TPP, which are very important. We have agreements with several of them already. We would consider negotiating with the rest, either individually or perhaps as a group, if it is in the interests of all. My administration is also taking swift action in other ways to restore American confidence and independence. We are lifting self-imposed restrictions on energy production to provide affordable power to our citizens and businesses and to promote energy security for our friends all around the world. No country should be held hostage to a single provider of energy. America is roaring back. And now is the time to invest in the future of America. We have dramatically cut taxes to make America competitive. We are eliminating burdensome regulations at a record pace. We are reforming the bureaucracy to make it lean, responsive, and accountable. And we are ensuring our laws are enforced fairly. We have the best colleges and universities in the world and we have the best workers in the world. Energy is abundant and affordable. There has never been a better time to do business in America. We are also making historic investments in the American military because we cannot have prosperity without security. To make the world safer from rogue regimes, terrorism, and revisionist powers, we are asking our friends and allies to invest in their own defenses and to meet their financial obligations. Our common security requires everyone to contribute their fair share. My administration is proud to have led historic efforts at the United Nations Security Council and all around the world to unite all civilized nations in our campaign of maximum pressure to denuke the Korean Peninsula. We continue to call on partners to confront Iran's support for terrorists and block Iran's path to a nuclear weapon. We're also working with allies and partners to destroy jihadist terrorist organizations, such as ISIS, and very successfully so. The United States is leading a very broad coalition to deny terrorists control of their territory and populations, to cut off their funding, and to discredit their wicked ideology. I am pleased to report that the coalition to defeat ISIS has retaken almost 100 percent of the territory once held by these killers in Iraq and Syria. There is still more fighting and work to be done and to consolidate our gains. We are committed to ensuring that Afghanistan never again becomes a safe haven for terrorists who want to commit mass murder to our civilian populations. I want to thank those nations represented here today that have joined in these crucial efforts. You are not just securing your own citizens, but saving lives and restoring hope for millions and millions of people. When it comes to terrorism, we will do whatever is necessary to protect our nation. We will defend our citizens and our borders. We are also securing our immigration system as a matter of both national and economic security. America is a cutting-edge economy, but our immigration system is stuck in the past. We must replace our current system of extended family chain migration with a merit-based system of admissions that selects new arrivals based on their ability to contribute to our economy, to support themselves financially, and to strengthen our country. In Rebuilding America, we are also fully committed to developing our workforce. We are lifting people from dependence to independence because we know the single best anti-poverty program is a very simple and very beautiful paycheck. To be successful, it is not enough to invest in our economy. We must invest in our people. When people are forgotten, the world becomes fractured. Only by hearing and responding to the voices of the forgotten can we create a bright future that is truly shared by all. The nation's greatness is more than the sum of its production. A nation's greatness is the sum of its citizens, the values, pride, love, devotion, and character of the people who call that nation home. From my first international G7 summit, to the G20, to the UN General Assembly, to APEC, to the World Trade Organization and today at the World Economic Forum, my administration has not only been present, but has driven our message that we are all stronger when free, sovereign nations cooperate toward shared goals, and they cooperate toward shared dreams. Represented in this room are some of the remarkable citizens from all over the world. You are national leaders, business titans industry giants, and many of the brightest minds in many fields. Each of you has the power to change hearts, transform lives, and shape your country's destinies. With this power comes an obligation, however, a duty of loyalty to the people, workers, and customers who have made you who you are. So together, let us resolve to use our power, our resources, and our voices not just for ourselves, but for our people, to lift their burdens, to raise their hopes, and to empower their dreams, to protect their families, their communities, their histories, and their futures. That's what we're doing in America, and the results are totally unmistakable. It's why new businesses and investment are flooding in. It's why our unemployment rate is the lowest it's been in so many decades. It's why America's future has never been brighter. Today, I am inviting all of you to become part of this incredible future we are building together. Thank you to our hosts. Thank you to the leaders and innovators in the audience. But most importantly, thank you to all of the hardworking men and women who do their duty each and every day making this a better world for everyone. Together, let us send our love and our gratitude to make them, because they really make our countries run. They make our countries great.
0: All right, Hannity, tonight, 9 Eastern on the Fox News Channel. We have new information, new text messages to share. Uh, Greg Jarrett, Sarah Carter, Uh, Sebastian Gorka, Lou Dobbs tonight, uh, Pam Bondi, Gina Loudon tonight, and Tom Fitton of Judicial Watch. We have full, complete coverage. News, I promise, you're not going to get anywhere else because the news is abusively biased. We'll stay on it. I promise. We're not giving up. Release the memo and release all the texts. Hannity at 9. Have a great weekend. We'll see you tonight at 9 back here Monday. That's henryusa.com, free catalog decals for the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. where they made their memories with their hero. Now, you can join the Tunnel to Towers Foundation on the mission to do good and support the families of America's greatest heroes, and that means the families of fallen first responders just like Jason Arno and Gold Star families with young children and catastrophically injured service members and also homeless vets. Please commit to $11 a month. Go to their website, the letter T, the number two, the thelettert.org, the letter T, the number two. Letter T dot org for the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. Hollywood is under siege from an external force. Now the same Hollywood that sold the American dream. They are now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China. Now you can join Tiffany Meyer, an investigative reporter in the Hollywood Takeover brought to you by the Epic Times where she reveals how the CCP exerts control over some of the major studios. Now, don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. And for a limited time, you can watch the first 10 minutes for free at HollywoodTakeover.com slash S-E-A-N.